Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Michelle and Mike. Nothing is impossible 
Thank you for coming up in here and helping me. You make me look better. You want to say anything to the people before we start? I just want to say Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23, 22 and 23 reminds me. And I think about the fact, Bishop and Pastor, y'all said yes 25 years ago. And I've always said this. They said yes because Michelle and Daniel. <laughs> because I just think about the fact that his compassions, they fail not. And then just thinking about also, great is his faithfulness towards us. Verse 23 says, great is his faithfulness towards us. It's only because of him that our marriage was not consumed. I thank God for Bishop and Pastor Deborah. I thank God for the the many marriage retreats and the marriage um, sessions that we would have here. And you know, my God, I can remember them teaching, you know, if you can't deal with it now, put it in a mason jar and sit it on the shelf and come back to it later on. But I think this year we'll be celebrating, and y'all may not know, but we'll be celebrating 25 years in December of marriage. To God be all the glory. 
And I came in this morning, Pastor Deborah, she was like, the devil. I said, 25 years, she said, the devil. And I mean, the devil really tried to come at us. Like, I'm like, what is this? Where is this? Before we were coming here, because we've been doing good. And it's like, oh, no, no, not, not. So, and you know, he got to do his part. But great is God's faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his compassion towards us. And that's why if I was going to sing anything, that would have been it. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning New mercies I see All, not some All I have needed All I You can't just say it cute, you know what I'm saying? Bishop, you know, and I, I'm going to tell y'all, I came here, you think you know the word, you think you know something. I'm just saying. You think you know Jesus. I have learned so much sitting in these pews. I was telling the, um, the chapel at Antioch this morning, and I was like, I remember us walking around the city and riding our bikes around the city, praying for our city, praying for our community. Because I never thought I would leave this place. Never. But all I have needed, thy hand has provided. And we were showing them where we lived before we left. Um, before we left here, we, were, we had moved to Kenosha. Because we lived around the corner where it was easy to call the COVID and say, Pastor D, the alarm is going off. We need you to go and check it out. So we said, you know, well, Pastor, he heard from the Lord. We got to move to Kenosha. Got to pull back some so it ain't so easy to call on us. You know, God, all I have needed, he knew that we needed to kind of, he knew that we needed to pull back for y'all, and then we needed to pull back for us too. But all I have needed, thy hand has provided. You know, I left here. Well, we left here, and I don't know if I, you know, am I taking up your time? I apologize. Y'all can sit me down. But it's 25 years, Bishop and Pastor. 29 years of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. I love this place. I love, this is where we raised our children. This place means so much, the grounds alone, the city, every street. We got so many beautiful memories here in Zion, Illinois. And like I said, I thought I'd never leave this place. And when we left, Pastor D was very, very sick. And you know, the health insurance, we're moving to Tennessee, I ain't got a job. He was sick, it's like, Lord, we going in obedience, but I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, many people y'all sold into us. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And it sustained us. And it got us to the place where Pastor D, you know, because up here he was misdiagnosed. We got to Tennessee. They hear a report from Wisconsin and Illinois, which was untrue. Come to find out it was a totally different situation. He wanted to have an emergency surgery. And all we have needed, his hand has provided. 
but he has been so faithful to the Colberts. And I want y'all to know he's been faithful to Christian Faith Fellowship Church. Yes, he has. Give yourselves a hand as Pastor Lee stated. than it ought to. It never said you couldn't think high of yourself. Give yourself a hand. <laughs> Pastor Michelle, you wrapped up? I'm ready to God get God bless going. you. I love you. Y'all, I'm so excited about yeah. the word and what he's about to say. I trust this man of God to help love you. Love you all. Praise God. That's my big brother, Daniel. I trust, I trust Daniel. Praise God. Thank you. Y'all give it up for Pastor Michelle. Now, I'll tell you all this starting out. Today's going to be a little different. I am not bishop, as you can tell. I'm much taller. Um... <laughs> But that's the way it should be. The son should outgrow the father. Um, lose all rhyme and reason today. Just relax. I know you got a pot of beans at the house. They probably gonna burn. <laughs> I don't think there is enough we could say about the move of God here at Christian Faith Fellowship these two people, but I'm going to attempt to today. And I want you all to know, as much as I'm here for you, I'm here for them. I'm here for them. Not that... We're good? Not that they need anything from me, but I need to do this for y'all. I need to say the things I'm going to say. I need to show the things I'm going to show, and I won't be long today. If you have your Bibles, open up to John 5, verses 5 and 6. You can leave it close by just in case I want to lay my iPad down and start hollering. John 5, 5 and 6 says, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want, everybody say, do you want, to be made well? My message today is simply this, today is my tipping point. Let us pray. The prayer will be offered today by our guest chaplain, the Reverend Deborah Logan, from pastor of the Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Chaplain? Let us pray. I exhort and encourage, first of all, that supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. I pray for this nation, our president, his cabinet, and assistants, governors, senators, Congress, judges, military, and intelligence agencies, 
and all those that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I pray that in all their ways they will acknowledge the Lord and he will lead God and direct them in all their affairs facing our nation and give the president divine wisdom and strength to make a sound decision when faced with crisis. I pray for, con for Congress as they confer about the commonwealth of their prospective regions. Give them divine wisdom knowledge, insight, and understanding on how to affect change and make the proper changes for generations to come. I pray for divine safety and protection for their families. I pray for divine health and healing over their entire body, spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I pray that they have sound and happy families, children, and marriages for the weapons of our warfare. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. Amen. In case you didn't know or you forgot, this ministry has tipping points at a national level, international level, federal level, state level. First woman and African-American pastor open up Congress is your pastor. For me, that is an iconic tipping point. It's when we don't need a feminist movement to tell the nation, I'm a woman, but I'm a woman of God. She ain't got to belittle her husband. She ain't got to get masculine. She get to be beautiful and on the biggest stage and say, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Tipping point. My whole point is to help you see and to identify tipping points in your life using the sad story of a man who is considered paralyzed. Because many of you are considered paralyzed even though you're mobile. You move but you're stuck. You dream but it can't come to pass. You've been prophesied to but you're wondering when it's going to happen. I heard Cameron say something. He said some of you all are worried about the 40 acres. No, 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 no. Stop worrying. Get a vision. Listen to what he said. Look at the picture. Pray for that. So going back to John. Let's go to verse one, he says, after there was a feast, John 5 verse 1 says, after there, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now they're in Jerusalem by the sheep gate. It's important. We're going to talk about the sheep gate. A pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay, this is important, a great multitude of sick people. Blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water for an angel went down to us for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water watch this because i've heard this you've heard this but the most important part of this story historically is this one line that i have underlined then whoever stepped in first 
Okay, that didn't hit him yet, Bishop, but we're going to talk about it. After the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease they had. By definition, a tipping point is the point at which a series of small changes or incidents become significant enough to cause a larger, more important change. We're in a society where everybody is fighting to be viral today. They don't want to take the steps from working in the mail room to running the company. They want to get an audience so that they can force the company to put them in the, in the biggest seat. That's why we have structural failure even in the family. All chiefs and no Indians, don't nobody want to step in the water first. No, okay. Okay, all right. Y'all just looking at me like this. The sheep gate was built by the high priest. If you go to Nehemiah 3, when J Jerusalem, was, when Israel was coming out of captivity, they had to build the wall. And the sheep gate was built by the high priest. Nehemiah 13, you find out he was later crooked, but it didn't matter because he was doing it in the name of the Lord, so the Lord sanctified it. But we'll talk about that another time. It was built by him and his brothers. The sheep gate is the only gate in Jerusalem consecrated as holy. Out of the ten gates of Nehemiah's time, the sheep gate is the only holy gate the sheep gate is where sacrificial sheep would enter Jerusalem. So every sheep that was going to be sacrificed as an atonement on behalf of the people can only come in one way. Y'all, I, I hope y'all track it with me. I hope y'all, I really hope y'all track. It has no bolts and it has no bars. Oh, yeah. If you were a Bible student right now, you'd have knobby. You'd be bubbling up. You'd be ready to preach a sermon yourself because you're starting to understand that the mentioning of the sheep gate is more important than some of the stories you've heard in the past that made it about the paralyzed man. The gate by which the sheep come through. It's important. The sheep gate represents salvation through Jesus Christ. Watch this. The sheep gate is the only gate Jesus uses to ever enter into Jerusalem. Jesus doesn't come through the other gates because they may be locked. Jesus comes to the gate that's open all the time. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man will open up, I will come in and sup with him and I will be his and he will be mine. Jesus has been at the gate. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. The sheep gate leads to Calvary. Y'all got enough notes on that? See, because here's what we do today, Bishop. We depend on technology a little too much. And you may not be able to catch the stream because when a word like this go out, they have all kind of mechanical difficulties. Trust me when I say. Then there's the pool of Bethesda. is where the sacrificial sheep came to be ceremonially cleansed before their sacrifice. The pool is the place you had to come to get cleaned up so you can be fit. It's what Paul talks about. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the what? Mercies of God, you present yourself a living sacrifice, your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. You got to clean up. Why? He's coming back for a church without what? Oh, 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 y'all. Oh, 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 now y'all. Oh, we in your Sunday school now. All right. And we know that this angel would have to come and stir the water. If I was to go around this room, the reason the next generation is leaving the church is because the ignorance that has been preached year in and year out. And it has you believing that God has to send Michael and Gabriel and all the archangels. What you need to understand about this particular word, angel, it is not talking about a, a celestial being. It's talking about a terrestrial being, an actual man. In the, in the, in the Greek, it is the word um, 
Angelos is where you get Los Angeles. It's a messenger, especially an angel. By implication, a pastor. A messenger. So it takes a man of God to come and stir the waters at the pool where the sheep come to get clean. And the world want to convince you you don't need a pool no more. No, you need a pool and you need an angel. For 25 years, they've been the angel stirring the water, trying to help you get clean. <laughs> the title angel is at times synonymous with pastor, prophet, or teacher. In the Hebrew, the word is malak, from the unused root meaning to dispatch as a deputy, a messenger, specifically of God. That is an angel, also a prophet, priest, or teacher, an ambassador, an angel, a king, a messenger. We have had that for 29 years, but for 25 years, it's been Bishop E. James Logan and Pastor Deborah Logan, the angels of this house. Have been stirring the water. Christian Faith Fellowship Church has been a pool for 29 years. And what you need to understand as we progress, in Nehemiah's day, they used to bring actual sheep. But because the doctrine of men had interrupted the doctrine of God, they stopped bringing the sheep and they start bringing sick people directly to the pool because they start believing in the pool more than they believed in the God. And so when the man of God came to stir the waters, the people couldn't receive because they was waiting on him versus waiting on him. People of every stage of disease is waiting for the stirring of the waters of the Lord. So at verse 5 it says, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Verse 6 says, When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? This is an odd question. Maybe because you've chosen to stay in this stupor for 30 years, may, 38 years, maybe it's a choice. See, I'm aware of church hurt from a different place now. I'm a pastor. I'm the son of Reverend somebody. I'm going to say what I got to say today. It ain't his fault that you stuck. See, pastors, we get blamed for stuff we have nothing to do with. When Jesus walks to the man, he's literally saying to him, what do you want? And I believe that there are times when the angel has done all he has to do, all that he can do, even in this body. Let me just talk about it for a minute. Even here, I remember there were times of worship and it would get so high and Bishop would go on his face because he knew he had no words to compare to what Jesus wanted to do himself. There are some times where your behavior forces Jesus to say, James, I got this. Let me handle this myself. But if you're always expecting him to fix it, you'll never see Jesus. So this whole thing with church hurt, no, it's unhealthy expectation from an angel. You need some help? Go to Revelation. When John the Revelator bowed down to the angel, the angel said, don't do that. And because we see it globally and because we see it on the internet, we have started to make monuments of men of God and we should have never put them in their place. I thank God for you that never allow people to put you in other places you don't belong. 
So Jesus says to the man, what do you want? Now this answer is, this is a goofy answer. But it reminds me of people today. Face to face with Jesus himself. Jesus is not dictating. Jesus is investigating. Jesus is saying, what do you want? And the man becomes a snitch. you what you want what you snitching for snitches get stitches this is why you always sold up and put together because you don't know how to talk to Jesus you want to blame somebody the blame game is over after 29 years the blame game is over after 25 years so the sick man answered him and said sir now you want to be proper now you want to act like you got some sense. Sir, I have no men to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, another step down before me. Now I want you all to see this because I said it earlier and you just looked at me. Maybe you feel stuck, but you're still mobile. This is what's happening with the man. It's right there. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I was coming, you mean he could move? Yes. Just like many believers, you are mobile, but you are stuck. And it's all because you're not holding the right conversation. You're too busy talking about what they're doing and what they're doing and updating your status when you need to position yourself to answer the question, what do you want? Can it be that the people you expect to help you are in need of help themselves? Ain't nobody got time to stop what they're doing to come and see about what you're doing. You want to dump all your problems on uh, that you've been going through Monday to Friday and you want me to sit there through Saturday? Then I can't come to church? I'm not answering your call. Oh, y'all ain't got to like me. I'm going back to Tennessee. Every time I come down, here comes somebody getting in front of me. Soon as I wanted to get in quiet, they gave what you call that spot. Can we talk about it? You can't even sing. Quit playing. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. Can it be that the people in church you're expecting to help you get delivered are people who need deliverance themselves? Because remember, gathered around the pool with sick people, blind people, lame people. They got the same problems you got. You just prioritize yours and they didn't learn how to cast their cares on Jesus. And, and they realize the value of stepping in first. See, when I came to this ministry over 22 years ago, I was watching. I would sit somewhere in the back. And then I sat in the middle, and before long I was up here, before long I was up here, because I realized that the man and woman of God was stirring the waters, and I'm like, I don't care who don't go, I'm going. I'm getting, I'm getting what God got for me today. All laugh at me, call me what you want, but one thing I'm not going to do is stay stuck. 
Well, I just feel some kind of way. Some of y'all sitting right there today. This ain't no anniversary message. It ain't. This is a tipping point message. This is the message to shake you loose. Nobody can help you. Nobody is helping you get healed because nobody can help you get healed. That problem that you had, you just couldn't see it in the soft. You didn't pray. You never prayed. God, I believe it's too late. I'm not turning it over to Jesus. I'm going to sit here and worry about it. I ain't giving nothing to the Lord. I'll work it out. That's your problem. seen these people who go 30 years and nobody can help them because even in the face of Jesus and Jesus is saying what do you want is it for that's the Adam disease Adam where are the, is that woman you gave me I thought you were born again I can do all things what happened to that I told y'all I was here for them but I'm talking to y'all. Today is your tipping point. I was here in the days when there wasn't enough room in the balcony. There wasn't enough room in the fellowship hall. I was here when we had to go to two services and three on first Sunday. The preaching haven't changed. People did not change. Preaching is to help you change. If you choose to be the same, you're not going to fit in the future. It's just like this. If I get in marriage and still try to be a playboy, my marriage ain't going to last long because I'm not changing with the new covenant. When God sent this man and woman of God, he sent them to proclaim change. You just choose. So you have to decide. Do you really want to be made whole? Verse 7, we know it. The sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Have you found yourself saying this? Every time it seems that I'm getting closer to God, something else happened. Every time I try to fast and pray, the old devil get busy. Ain't the devil is you. The devil didn't tell you to go over there. The devil didn't tell you to say that. The devil didn't cut your lights off. Comrade did. You didn't pay your bill. Your car ain't broke down because of the devil. You kept ignoring that orange light. Service engine soon. Putting black tape over it don't fix the problem. You got mobility. Problem is you move too slow. The bishop been already told you. We got 40 acres. It's already paid for. It's Can I say something? I have never seen the demonstration of fiscal responsibility like I've seen it until I got here. Never. Nowhere in my life had I ever seen people say, 
This is God's. I went to a church and I don't even care if they looking. Do something about it. Do something then. I went to a church where they would paint over mold. You can still smell it. The kids are all asthmatic. They can't breathe. They're not shouting and falling out. They're having an attack from the mold. The spirit was really, no, that was mold spurs. Came to church and the water leaking through the bathroom. We move too slow when the man of God says, this is what it is. This is what we need to do. This is the right. Well, I wonder if God want me to give. You didn't wonder if Walmart wanted you to give. You didn't wonder if the mall wanted you to give. You didn't wonder if the shoe store wanted you to give. You didn't pray over one pair of shoes. Oh, them things nice. I'm getting them. Could you imagine if you stopped moving towards God, the way you move towards stuff? My God. And then you know what? They get stuff and stuff don't even sustain you because stuff will never keep you happy. I mean, literally. You want, I'm, I'm moving too much for y'all camera. I'm sorry. I'm fired up. <laughs> I found my voice, y'all, and I ain't letting it go. This joy I have, the Lord gave it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. I, I know how I talk. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I can't believe I believe it. I said it. West side of Chicago, K-Town. <laughs> oh. Somebody asked where I was from. Oh, I've been born again, heaven. The Bible said that the angel bears not the sword in vain. All right, there we go. John 10, 7 says this. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. John 10, 9, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find. Find means you had to go get it, pasture. If you don't get up, go get it, you won't have it. I'm going to the church. I'm going to get my miracle, my harvest, my breakthrough and blessing. You ain't going to get nothing if your spirit don't beat you here. I gave a thousand dollars in church. I'm gonna see how that turned out. This ain't the Royal Casino. When you give, give not grudgingly or of necessity. But God loves a what? Never forget the first time you challenged the leaders to give a thousand dollars in church. I said, My God, Michelle, let's do it. She said, We ain't got it. I said, We gonna have it. couple weeks later Craig Mason come out and said Saints would y'all please not write checks if it's not going to clear you're making it harder for us and you I looked at Michelle I said did we make did it, did it go through <laughs> I think I had this is a true story I think I had $50 in the bank the day of the BFPO the building fund payoff we had the guest speaker he said we can do this thing today I think it was $1,000. That, that was later on. I had already gave the other one. Matter of fact, let me tell y'all this. When he challenged me, I think that year I gave $16,000 and didn't have money. But when I got my giving statement back, in that year, 
that was the most I had ever, ever given anything. And I can tell you from that day to this, I've wanted for nothing. And you ready? I'm still nobody's slave. I'm God's man. That's what you told me, right? I'm God's man. August 2019, the Lord told me, come off my job. I said, Lord, if it be your will, I'll accept it. I called for wise, wise counsel. I said, Dad, this is what the Lord is saying to me. He chuckled. He said, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> but it's time. He said, what God is doing in the chapel at Antioch, it's time. I said, I'll do it. But you got to come and preach to the people. You got to inform the congregation because they've never seen this at a young age. They're, wait, they're used to old men uh, becoming pastors full time. He came. Y'all ain't going to believe this about y'all pastor. He my daddy. He came and preached two and a half hours. Then he says, are there any questions? And that went on for another hour. August 2019. I came off my job. February. Pandemic hit. Our church has increased in number. Our church has increased in value. Our Listen. He'll tell you. We were renting a storefront. Now we got three of them because we're growing and the three are too small to do what God is calling us to do. Because I understood something. Jesus was knocking at the door of my heart and said, it's time for you to expand. It's time to no longer be stuck right here. What do you want, Donnell? I want to please you, Lord. Well, you got to leave your father's house. Let me tell y'all, life for a youth pastor is amazing at Christian Faith Fellowship Church. It ain't no stress. Ain't nobody micromanaging you, standing over you, telling you to do this, asking you, did you fast and pray? Little check come every now and then. What is it, every two weeks? Yeah. Consistent. I never missed a check at Christian Faith Fellowship Church. Never. <laughs> Bishop bought me my first two Macs. He bought me my first two Mac computers because he saw I see things differently and I'm a creative. That word wasn't popular then. There wasn't nobody talking about creative. He bought it for me on his birthday. His 50th birthday celebration, he called me into his office. He said, come here. You know, when Bishop tell me to come here, it's only a few people know that when Bishop tell me to come here, it's, it's not always nice. <laughs> I done did something. <laughs> so we're downstairs at the fellowship hall, and he says, <clears throat> young preach, come up to my office. I didn't go. I was... <laughs> I'm eating, this, I'm eating this cake, man. I'm eating this cake. Stuck. Because I'm thinking about the old model. I don't, it's his birthday. He can't be rebuking me on his birthday. <laughs> Elder James came. Y'all know, y'all know, he was Deacon James then. He's polished. He was not polished back then. Amen. You know what Apostle wants you to say, don't you? <laughs> Larry's sitting there. <laughs> I 
was stuck because I didn't want a whooping. I opened the door and G. Craig Lewis is standing here and Bishop is sitting in his desk. Y'all got to know I wanted to say, make a way every time I turn around. And G. Craig is standing there and Bishop is sitting there, come in. Y'all good. He said, man of God, you've been serving faithfully. I want to bless you. I said, what? He opens up and gives me a Mac computer. Bishop, I think I've given away about eight Mac computers since I've been a pastor. And, and, and you know what? They the good ones too, Bishop. I get the good ones out. I don't get them pawn shop ones away. I go get them good ones. Unhindered and unbothered blessings. Because that's what I was taught. John 14, 6, 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Put this in your notes. The excuses to remain paralyzed, they're factual. Yeah, you got, you got a condition. Yeah, that's a fact. But you're standing here talking to Jesus. Your facts pale in comparison to the truth. The facts are determined by the power of the truth. When you believe God's word, you may be, the Bible says, let the weak let the weak what? You got to learn that the facts are not the finality. Yeah. This ain't it. Just because your husband gone, just because your dog died, just because your fish don't swim no more. Don't give up hope. Yeah. So in John 5, Jesus said to the man, rise, take up your bed and walk. Jesus gives a directive here to a man who is making excuses to stay paralyzed. I'm here to give you a word. Stop making excuses. But you don't know how they did me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how to... Mm, I need some water. Y'all ain't gonna believe this when I say this. Oh, y'all ain't gonna believe it. Saints have said stuff like this. Saints, saints, people who've been with God years. I know when they looked at me, it meant something. Yeah, they were looking at you. <laughs> let's do it. Let's let's do a test. What am I thinking right now? What if I do this? You want to know something? I didn't look at none of y'all. I didn't see the face you made. I heard you giggling, but I didn't focus on one person. We got people walking around hurt just because somebody had gas and did like this when you walked by. You didn't, they, they be going through. Mm. Uh, he, he probably got bubble guts. It wasn't about you. Oh, I'm taking away your excuses today. 
And Jesus says to the man, rise. He's saying to the, him a message. He's giving him a word. He's literally saying, stand upright by faith right where you are. I come to tell you today your tipping point is here because you realize you're not going to get better. You got to by faith rise up right now in the midst of all of your mess, in the midst of all of your hurt, in the midst of all of your confusion. Get up right now. Because the truth is confronting your fact. Well, Pastor, I'm hurt. Get up. Some of y'all that are old, y'all know what it's like. You used to go to bed. Now you got to get ready for bed. There's a big difference in getting out of bed and getting ready for bed. Trust me. One of my knees went crazy the other week. I said, in the name of Jesus. It's too early. <laughs> Can't start locking it up and getting straight. Oh, that thing tried to lock up on me. I was like, what happened in my sleep? <laughs> he tells them, take up your bed. Get out of your place of comfort. It breeds infirmity. If you stay in a place that you know is the wrong place, you're getting sicker. When you are comfortable in your discomfort or, or your disorder, you become more disorderly. I learned that here when Bishop Tudor Bismarck came and it was a tipping point for me. He stood right here. He said, disorder breeds Disorder. Disorder plus order breeds disorder. And I was sitting over there, I said, that's my whole life right there. I'm trying to mix the good and the bad, but I'm expecting all good. That was a tipping point for me. There were messages that have been preached here that literally said to me, Donnell, take up your bed and walk. Don't stay here in anger. Y'all think y'all been hollered at? Bishop told me one time I was worse than an infidel. <laughs> oh, y'all trying to figure that thing out. They don't read their Bible. An infidel is a person who has no covenant with God. He thought, because he was dealing with some other preachers who was foul, I sounded like them. He said, so what you gonna do? You just gonna live off the church. You ain't gonna work. You ain't gonna provide for your family. He who don't provide for his own is worse than infidel. You worse than infidel. Y'all heard me tell this story before. Michelle just go. He said that about you. <laughs> he ain't talking about me. First message I ever heard Bishop E. James Logan was guilt, shame, and disappointment. One of my favorite messages from Bishop is, who taught you how to fight? The one I find myself rehearsing in my life is seasons of a man's life. One of the greatest sermons I ever heard from him was, why do we need church? It was given to every new member on a cassette tape so they can understand you need a, a, a pastor. You need a church family. For me, those were my tipping points because everything outside of this door said, I don't need nobody. Those messages help solidify who I am today. Jesus says to the man, walk. And we only walk by faith. 
not by sight. I believe that with the up, um, or the, the, I want to say, uptick of social media and social media dependency, I believe many of us have an image of ourselves that is not God. Young and old, it's not young people. See, we try to put everything off on teenagers. Now, some of these old rascals need to realize that don't fit no more. But they're trying to squeeze into the teenage space so they get some likes and some followers. You don't need nobody following you. You need to be following somebody. Who are you following? Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I don't talk about artists no more. So if you waiting me to say somebody's name, I ain't doing that. I'm here to lift up the name of Jesus because you don't know him. When you walk by faith, you walk trusting every step that you take in the right direction or the direction towards righteousness is restoration. You may not feel totally restored, but you got to get up and exercise. Atrophy and set in. Some of y'all won't come into church today. My knee, my back, my neck, my head, my dog, my car, it's too far. It's supposed to rain. Now, when you're hungry, though, you'll go to a restaurant with an umbrella that's broken. You knew it was broke when you left the house. All you said, I got to deal with that old umbrella. Walking into the restaurant trying to hide it before everybody's, what coming up here with that broke umbrella? You'll go everywhere else you want to go. But the word teaches us blessed. Are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Don't get mad at me because I decide to get to the water. Walk knowing that today is your tipping point. Now, some of you all may say, why should we listen to you? Well, I asked them to play video. Because I used to be paralyzed. And because I believed the word of God through the man and woman of God, I came to every event. I designed t-shirts. I watched young men become grown men. I served in other countries. My feet have gone to other lands. I have seen God move. In our church, I think we married seven to ten couples. We didn't marry so many people. I met my best friend and his whole family. I'm telling you, because I follow God, I saw a thousand kids give their life to Jesus Christ. I have brothers and sisters that I did not have. I see the power of God working in somebody's life, and I used to be paralyzed. Now I have brothers. I teach in spaces that my paperwork say I don't fit. I have taken jobs and they told me, don't tell nobody how much we pay you. I'm telling you, I too used to be paralyzed. I sit in houses where you can't even say that you're worshiping God or you'll get killed. I was here when they fed the Navy. I watched this room. I watched and now I pastor a church. growing healthy and that's what I went down south with me my wife and my daughter I seen a young man from our ministry in the Super Bowl I'm a community leader I deal with other people outside of what I do I used to be paralyzed and by the power of God I'm in Thailand I'm in other countries I'm looking at God's beauty in other cultures and it was the man of God who told me get a passport 
I passed the men. I, I get it. I passed the men. This is our new youth, this is our new children's facility. And we had our babies to come in. This was their facility. And we, we applauded our babies. And they were so happy to come. I used to be, you know when you see that success story, if you're wondering if rise up and walk works, it works. I'm not too big, I get up, and when my neighbors were affected by the tornado, I was right there, cutting down trees. I serve 100 plus people a month, food. They put it on social media, we miss you. Bishop and pastor has come, and our church received them as their own. I was there with Admiral Schofield. <laughs> y'all, y'all will see Admiral Schofield. Well, look at me. Look at me right there. That's me. Who am I? I was on the front row. <laughs> to all my paralyzed people. Stagnant. Stuck. That young lady told me, she said, sir, I'll follow you anywhere. The one at the top. Because I led a team in the midst of a storm to do cleaning up and there was no order. I said, you get this, you get that, and you get that. And they followed. I'm a grandfather now. Those are my two grandbabies. Both of my kids. Okay, both of my children were raised here and they went through the same problems that some of y'all children are going through right now. When they got to college and when they got in the military, they got crazy and I did not flinch. And my God shall supply all of my need. I need my kids to make it through this. My son, his wife, Sakela, our daughter, my granddaughter, Cadence, and my grandson, Caden, they all, and Jasmine, they all serve in ministry. Take it down. Before I keep crying, take it down. They just bring me so much joy. Musicians, you can come. Wrapping up. The Amplified Version of John 5, 9 verses, 5 verses 9 through 15 read this way. Instantly, the man became well and recovered his strength and picked up his bed and walked. But that happened on a Sabbath. So the Jews kept saying to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and you have no right to pick up your bed. It's not lawful. He answered them. The man who healed me and gave me back my strength, he himself said to me, pick up your bed and walk. I know you've been getting challenged by the devil, but if you would just rehearse the words that the man and woman of God have been saying, I know I came out from y'all, but I'm about to be separated because I can't deal with y'all. The man of God preached the message, come out from among them and be separated. I was at another church under another pastor that day. I got up from right back there and I walked right here. I gave him my hand. Now watch this, watch this. The Lord spoke to me this about you today, and it just left me stuck early this morning, about five o'clock in the morning, because some people are uncomfortable, 
honoring you the way we honor you. You have even been attacked in this community for the way you have been honored and it was unjust. He who received a prophet received the prophet's reward. He who received a righteous man received a righteous man reward. But the Lord spoke something to me about you two this morning that just, I, just, I just couldn't move. Okay. I knew Jesus before I met you. But he thought enough of you to introduce me to you. Please, let it sink in. Please, don't just clap for this. Let it sink in. I knew Jesus when I got here. Jesus says, I need you to know them. I thought enough of James and Deborah to introduce you to them. Jesus said that to me this morning. Now, if Jesus doesn't mind sharing who they are, what's your problem? What's wrong with you? Why are you paralyzed? Why do you feel like I can't tell people what, what church I go to? I can't tell people what I, I receive from the Lord. I can't share. People won't understand. Who cares about people? Do you want to walk or do you want to stay here and keep begging and borrowing and waiting? God thought enough of them to introduce them to you. You all got a story. This is not a whipping. This is an encouragement. Go back to your first love, Jesus Christ, and watch how he begins to reveal who they are. The Lord said this to me right now. Those of you who are worried about him transitioning from him to Cameron, your worry is unjustified. That's not even your business. That's the Lord's business. And if you would find out what the Lord is saying, he will tell you where you fit in his business. Where's Cam and Lexus and Vicky? Where y'all at? Cam, Lexus, and Vicky. They're up here. Come on out. Cam, Lexus, and Vicky. Cam and Vicky. Cam and Lexus first. Come on, just right here, right here. Come on, little sis, right here. No, no, look at me, don't look at them people. Don't worry about them people, look at me. I owe you two the biggest thank you in the world. Y'all shared your parents with me. I love both of you. This anniversary ain't just about their 25 years. Because you're in there. You're in there. And I pray to God you both feel honored. Because as much as mom and dad labored and they never abandoned y'all, they took you all on the journey. Come on, Vicky. I don't know if y'all know this. Cameron was lusting at the Vicky. <laughs> He was, he was lusting. <laughs> he just had to have her. And I was with her dad in Canada. We were in um, Canada doing one of them Truth Behind Hip Hop joints. 
And it was a big move of God. It was powerful. And G pulls me to the side. Hey, you know that old Logan boy? You know, he want my daughter, man. What they got to do with me? <laughs> he asked me, is he straight up? Now, I'm going to take your word. Can I trust him with my daughter? I looked G. Craig in his face. I said, that's my baby brother. Your daughter will be blessed to have him. You're a bad man. I love you. I thank God for you. There's never been a problem with Cam and Lexus and Vicky either. There's never been a problem. There's never going to be a problem. I don't cash app women. I cash app Lexus one or two times in her life. <laughs> I'm like, I just thinking about my little sister. Cash app. I don't cash app people. People cash app me. <laughs> I honor y'all. And I pray that Christian Faith Fellowship don't put you in an unhealthy place but allow you to be who God is calling you to be, understanding you ain't going to do everything the way they want you to do it. You ain't going to do everything the way they want you to do it. But if you would just keep your trust in God, when he says rise up and walk, you will have the ability to do what you could not do before. And I'm telling you how it starts. You got to let the angel continue to stir the water. You, sir, are made of 80% water. When he stirs the water here, he's stirring the water there. He's stirring the water there. He's stirring the water there. And there are some things for this ministry going forward that all three of y'all going to have to agree upon and get done because you are the ones who will do it. It's not a slight to none of y'all who serve. It's their responsibility. They're Levites. They're supposed to take up certain mantles. When I was here, I took on certain mantles because he was a child. And I was able to stand in the gap until he became a man. Thank you. What I do with that iPad? There it is. I'm wrapping up. I'm done. I'm two minutes over already. Sean, thank you. They asked him, who is your man who told you, pick up your bed and walk? Now the invalid <laughs> who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had quietly gone away and passed on unnoticed since there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, when Jesus found him in the temple... The man was stuck, but when Jesus finds him, he finds him back in the house of God. I prophesy that there is a great homecoming to the house of God all over this nation, not just this church, all over this nation because men and women of God continue to preach the word of God. I pray for every paralyzed person to find yourself in the house of God. You may not see it now, just keep on coming. Put your faith in God to hear a word so that you can be mobile again in wholeness and in righteousness and Jesus said to the man stop sinning stop sinning or something worse will happen to you and the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well everyone stand to your feet Chris, you have a decision to make. Thank you. You have a decision to make. 
And it's simple as this. What do you want? What do you want? Do you want to remain paralyzed, stuck in your feelings, can't move, angry, bitter, confused? Do you want to stay there? Or do you want to be made whole? I'm not suggesting to you that this sermon has to solve all your problems and this anniversary is going to fix it, but this is your tipping point. It's when something small causes a greater effect. What do you want? You've been feeling stuck. God doesn't hear me. God doesn't feel me. Move towards the aisle and come to the altar. I know about COVID. You better get over COVID. Move towards Jesus. You're worried if somebody's going to lay hands on you. You're worried if they're going to sanitize their hands. This is a holy environment. Are you going to stay stuck or are you going to move? Because if it's one thing I know about Bishop E. James Logan, he can't take it when folk remain stuck. It does something to him on the inside to see you're stuck. Oh my God, all of God's beautiful people, hear me. If you've been stuck in grief, mourning, sickness, sadness, depression, oppression, stressful weight gain, barrenness, you're tired of it. Today is your tipping point. It's on your decision. God, I'm not going to be stuck another day in my life. I'll move toward you, Lord. I'll scratch and paw. I'm hungry again. Lord, I'm not going to let man put my fire out ever. Lord, when I look in that mirror, I'm not going to allow what I see in the mirror to turn me away from my hope. I'm not laying hands on you. Jesus is at the altar. I'm praying mysteries because you don't need anybody to know your business. Lord, free them up from this mysterious illness. Free them up from this mysterious stress. Free them up from this demonic oppression and attacks in their brain. Free them up, Lord. Give them beauty for ashes. Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus for a great humbling when people bow down again in your presence. In this contemporary relationship, we forgot that we, need, we are sheep that need to be, be clean. We come to the pool wanting to heal, be healed, but we don't want to be cleaned. The Lord wants to clean you up today. Let that be your prayer on this altar. Lord, clean my heart. Lord, clean my heart. Lord, clean. Somebody's getting deliverance even though they didn't come down. Lord, clean my heart. Lord, I can't shake this anger. Lord, I, 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 I've been to counseling. I've been to therapy. They can't help me. Lord. Lord, heal my hurt. Heal my wounded place. 
Lord, I can't move. I can't pray. I can't sing. I can't lift my hands. Since COVID, Lord, I'm not motivated. Marjorie, 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 Marjorie. You have literally said to yourself, if I could just hear his voice one more time, I'll be all right. Nope, you wouldn't be. Because the voice your husband gave is so big, it reverberates through your children. It reverberates in your ears. Jesus says, let me help you, daughter, with this grief. Jesus says, let me help you. Will you let him help you today? Your grief is an indication of how much you loved. Some of y'all said, can she hear him? Don't worry about it. I'm going spirit to spirit. You need to hear it so that she gets the right support from you. So you don't keep taking her to the graveyard and keep taking her to the place of her brokenness. But you bring her to the place where God heals, set free and delivered. And she can be happy again in your presence. See, she just needs to feel comfortable around some of us again. Hey. Hey, look at me. We didn't just love your husband. We love you and your children. And you're thinking it was just because of him. You're loved, big sis. You are loved for you. You are loved for you. Things have changed. But I hear the Lord saying today, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's not there. He's not there. Rise up and walk, my, my sister. I thank God for every one of you all that came out today to hear God speak. Hey, Willie Brooks, good to see you, my big brother. Sean, I hear a song. Pastor Michelle, I think you know it better than that. I need thee. Just sing one verse and we're going to be done. I need thee. I need the oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I
those of you at the altar. I came to this altar every time there was an altar call. Can I tell you all, I came to altar calls that had nothing to do, do with me at all. Bishop did a call one time for people that were struggling with homosexuality and lust. I wasn't struggling, but I looked up on the altar. I was on a 40-day fast, and I was just praying for homosexual people to get free. And Bishop looked over and saw me on the altar. He said, don't worry about Donnell. He praying for y'all. Don't worry about it. I know, I know what he's going through. I hadn't told all y'all what I was going through. But I came to every altar call because I never wanted to be stuck. And I wasn't going to be arrogant enough to believe I was too good for that altar call. I came to everyone, Mel. And I looked up and all of a sudden I was an elder working the altar. And I looked, and I would put my hands behind my back. Some of y'all thought I was being arrogant. Nope, I was following scripture. The scripture said, lay hands suddenly on no man. Because you'll become a partaker in their iniquity. I wasn't trying to go on home with your problem. So I was keeping my hands to myself. But I can tell you this. I've seen five people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen countless people get healed of sickness and disease. I've seen cancer in a bottle. I have seen reports. I, listen, we have people who support us in ministry that we met at the Cancer Treatment Center who are no longer cancer patients. We have people who sow into our ministry who live in other city states because the Lord healed them of cancer when we rebuked cancer and called that thing out in their life. When I look at Elder Dion, you grab cancer and say, you gotta go! Look at the beauty on my sister over there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That woman on the guard right there is a walking, living, breathing testimony. A miracle of God. Sylvia, Sylvia, wow, another walking, breathing miracle. I remember when sickness attacked her body, I used to be her stylist, and she came to the shop and she said, Pastor D, this was going on. Shut the shop down. We finna cast this thing out. We gonna deal with this today. You may have it, but it ain't gonna have you. Look at you, girl. Shoe, red head. Go ahead somewhere. I gotta go. Please go back to your seat. Whole. Love you. Love you. Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord. Thank you. Has this word blessed you today? No, no, no. Come on. Is this your tipping point today? Something small is it because of big in your life today? Who's gonna let something small cause something big in your life today? Say me! Oh y'all ain't shouting, say me! Give God a hand, praise. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link 
to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.